What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you are doing well. I hope you've had an absolutely amazing week. I know a lot has been going on in the world of pro wrestling, no doubt about that. But one of the things that we want to do is continue, as we promised, to bring you part two of our amazing interview with Josiah Williams, also known as Wrestle and Flow. In part one of that interview, we learned a bit about his background. We talked a bit about about how he migrated and how he made his way to the WWE. It's really an incredible story, like really an incredible story. If you missed it, go back and check out part one, which we released on Monday here. And matter of fact, it's probably smart to go back and check that out and then Be sure to listen to this episode because this is special. Again, this is part two of our special interview with Josiah Williams. He also goes by the name of Wrestle and Flow. And I'm telling you, what an amazing career. What an amazing journey. And when we get into things today, we're going to talk about when he first started watching pro wrestling. You'd actually be surprised to figure out which era he began watching the sport in. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Again, coming up next, part two of our chat with Josiah Williams, a.k.a. Wrestle and Flow. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. What are you doing? Well, you know, i got to plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea. And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Word a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win and there's a you, there will always be the S-H-W. A 
attention wrestling fans. Join us for SHW's fourth annual Rumble Jack. Coming to you Friday, August 5th, live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. All-Star Special will defend their SHW tag team titles against Happy Madness. Then, it's every man for himself to see who will be the last standing in the Rumble Jack match as we determine a new number one contender for the Southern Honor Championship. show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7. Bell time at 8. Invite your friends and let's pack the action building for one of our biggest nights of the year. Trust us, you don't want to miss this show. SHW, an experience like no other. I mean, that's that's incredible. Like most people will sit up and try to put like a four to six year plan on how they're going to make it to WWE of all things as a content creator. And here, you know, the Undisputed Era video just takes off. And obviously you're continuing to create other content and things like that, which is just nuts. So I'm, I'm curious, when did you start liking pro wrestling? Like, when did you get into wrestling? Um, I'd say around like, seven eight nine okay somewhere young yeah uh i wasn't able to watch it for ah. a very long time you know my mom wasn't having that in her house ah got it got <laughs> but it but because of video games and because of being at school mm-hmm. um and hearing other people talk about it you know i started to grow an in interest and okay. of course i knew who everyone was yeah I, at the time I was a big fan of Kane. Okay. Big fan of Eddie Guerrero. Like there yes. were just certain people who I didn't even know a whole lot about, you know, their matches, his, their match history and right. who they face. I didn't know anything. Yeah. But tying in theater, just seeing their character and hearing the way that they talked and or, you know, or didn't talk or, you know, yeah. how they presented themselves. It was like, I like this character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to say that they're my guy, you know what right. I mean? Right. Um, and then I eventually started watching like right after. So I missed the whole, uh, attitude era, missed okay. everything, never okay. saw anything. Wow. And I picked up, you know, ruthless aggression essentially. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I started watching a little bit and like casually. Yeah. Uh, tuning in every once in a while. And then there was a good chunk of time where I watched like every month or whatever. Yeah. Monday yeah, and uh, yeah. SmackDown changed like Tuesday, right. Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then there was the little ECW kind of reboot. Yes. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I was always that guy and people would judge me. like man you're in high school you can be watching wrestling and i'm like yes yes i can yes yes absolutely yeah absolutely can (laughs) so so taking all of that you know had you ever dreamed about possibly working at any capacity in wwe and if you had in what kind of capacity yeah ring announcing okay okay uh and ring announcing and backstage interviews. Those were the two things. Yeah. Eventually, of course, you know, as time goes on, I saw Kathy Kelly. Mm -hmm. Um, She, at least 
from what I was seeing at that time, you know, wasn't a ring announcer, right. but she was she was a a face mm-hmm. digitally. Right, right. Um, so I was like, OK, now that's that's different. Right. Um, I wonder how I could do something like that. So, of course, mm-hmm. it worked out where I eventually did. But like, yeah. And then, of course, as I started making music, I'm like, man, I would love to to do a WrestleMania, you know, at some point. And then right. the pyro going off behind me and all <laughs> right, that. So, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so certainly a moment that could be considered like that was getting the news about TakeOver 25. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, that moment, just watching it back was crazy. But for you. In the moment, walk us through what it was like to get the news that now it's the culmination of these dreams happening. The Undisputed Era video gets you ultimately to WWE. And now you find out you're going to be leading Adam Cole to the ring, rapping his theme song in the main event of TakeOver 25. Man, unreal. Yeah. So I... uh before actually officially getting to WWE, they wanted me to fly out to London my first weekend or like before I got there. Wow. To wrap Kyle O'Reilly to the ring at an Evolve show. Okay. And uh, I had to say no. Mm. I didn't want to, but I'm like, okay. I had to say no. First of all, I didn't have a passport, so I couldn't do it anyway. Okay, got you. But uh, that was my wife's anniversary. Ah. I mean, I'm not, not, you know, I'm not saying my wedding anniversary. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, I, I just, a big part of, it took a lot of convincing to get her to move to Florida. Got you. And I'm like, look, I, I, I'm not going to say no to a lot of things, but Mm -hmm. like for the sake of my marriage and my family, yeah, I can't do this. I cannot commit to that. Wow. So I always thought that I would never, you know, it would never happen again. Sure. That I missed my big shot. Um, and yeah, we used to have these, um, uh, what are those called? Like conference calls. Yes. At the beginning of the week to talk about what the content would be for the week. Okay. So we got on a call and they were like, and Brian, he was like, yeah, the last thing, you know, we're going to be doing some special stuff at TakeOver with Kathy Kelly and this and that. And mm-hmm. by the way, uh, Adam Cole is going to have a special entrance as uh, he's being wrapped into the ring by uh, Josiah Williams of Wrestling Flow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, what? <laughs> so I thought he said it as just because, you know, a big part of wrestling is like, you know, the ribs and stuff. So I'm like, sure. he's probably just there's no way he's saying mm-hmm. that. And uh, he said something. I had to go back and watch the video, but he said something of like, you know, Triple H himself. And when mm-hmm. I heard that name, I lost it. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, you know, I was not, there was nothing about that that gave me nervous energy at all. Wow. Wow. Like I've never in my life and i've done a show that had more people at that than takeover you know i've done a, mm-hmm. a, a superdome new orleans show yeah uh, and i was nervous for that right but this one i was like play the music yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. i was like this i've never felt so ready wow like and it was it was the um 
it was the 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 confidence that Road Dog and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and mm. Cole and like that everybody had. They were like, yeah. "We want you to do this." Yeah, um, that was what made it like, "Okay, I'm ready." Okay, wow, I'm, I'm ready for this. Wow, gosh, that that moment was incredible. And I remember even before that video came out, when we were watching group of, of folks that I'm I'm group texting with, we we're just like. Oh my God, like he's on here. He's killing this. Like it's amazing. <laughs> it was amazing to watch. And so like that was a major moment. Tell him, tell me about uh, a couple of other major moments for you uh, during that run at NXT, because it's, it's wild. You got to do a lot of things while you were there. Yeah. I, yeah. There was a lot. Um, and that's credit to, to Paul Heyman. Mm, um, wow. Who, his advice to me was to just be so good at everything mm -hmm. that there's not an excuse. Wow. That's <laughs> so good. during that run, you know, I, I did some ring announcing for local shows. Mm -hmm. um, I eventually, when we went live on NXT, became like the hype man at uh, Full Sail and at, oh. uh, uh, what do we rename it to? The Capital Wrestling Center. Yes. WWE Performance Center. Right. Um, you know, because NXT was taped for a while. Right. So now they're in this situation where they have commercial breaks and there's nothing happening. Right. Um, so I was the guy who during the commercial breaks would go out and either, you know, spit something or like talk about the next match or just yeah. give out free t-shirts. Yeah. Um, did that, did digital, did WWE shop. I mean, like I did everything. Wow. Um, and my actual day job was filming and editing videos. Oh, wow. So that's what I actually was really at the performance center to do. Like I was a content creator, so I had to still create content. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the packages that you would see on NXT or like the commercials and stuff, like we were putting that stuff together. Wow. Uh, yeah. So some of the moments, though, I mean, I, it kind of starts that takeover night of when I went back to the hotel and I watched a video from the crowd perspective. Yeah. And music drops, everybody puts their hands up, they go crazy. Y'all know just what they say. And every, not everybody, but a lot mm -hmm. of people knew at that point, Adam Cole, I was like, oh man, yeah. you know the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that I, I met everyone. Right, wow. Um, interviewed wow. The Rock. Wow. Um, had a chance to do a question and answer with Cena. Wow. Roman Reigns, um, everybody, like Sheesh. everybody. Um, so those were the moments too. And then I think the biggest thing right before COVID hit, uh, mm -hmm. I was gonna be the backstage announcer for NXT UK. And oh, wow. Yeah, so I did my first one. I went over, it was, um, you know, the first week of March, 2020. Yeah. Wow. We did four shows. Mm -hmm. I came back. I got really good feedback from Vic Joseph, okay. um, you know, Michael Cole, Alicia yeah. Taylor, yeah. um, Shawn Michaels. Like everybody was giving me this good feedback and, you know, hey, for next time, here's what we want you to improve on, all this right. type of stuff. Right. And then COVID hit. Wow. So I really like, I tell people all the time, man, yes, it sucks that COVID changed everybody's life, mm -hmm. but I got to do so much. Yeah. 
that I I can't be mad. Like mm-hmm. I, I I just can't. I got to do everything. Wow. Um, performances, interviews, all of it. Wow. It's crazy. So you're right. COVID hits and everything changes. Um yeah. from how wrestling is even presented to us. Obviously, WrestleMania gets changed, jobs get changed, etc. And so you were impacted uh by that. What what was that like for you? Because I mean, literally, you just described going to London, doing backstage interviews, which is one of the things you've always dreamed of doing. It's like the opportunities here and now COVID hits and all these things get wiped out. Yeah, it was difficult, especially, you know, like I said, getting that feedback, especially from somebody like Michael Cole, who's like, man, we can see that you've been trying to figure out what your place is permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been trying everything and it's been, you know, you're doing your thing, but, right. um, to hear him say like, man, I finally feel like you've got it. Wow. Like, you know where you want to go. Ooh. And then for everything to change so quickly, it's like, ah, oh, that's, that was rough. Mm-hmm. That was rough. Yeah. So, you know, uh, April 15th was the first time that all the cuts happened. And right. then I was on furlough. So I wasn't, I was still a part of the company, but not being paid. Mm-hmm. And then my job was kind of up in the air. So they're like, we'll reassess. I think they said July 15th or, you okay. know, June. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. So while at, on one hand, I'm thinking like, okay, I'll be back. There is that other side of man. I could also lose my job. You know right. what I mean? Right. And I moved my family here. Right. So now what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, so we come back and uh, I build myself back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole starts saying the same thing. Like, yeah, I, I feel like you're, you're back to where you were. Yeah. And then that following May is when the second round of cuts come in. Mm-hmm. I, or the following April, I should say. Um, I survived that, but then May happens and then I'm cut. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's rough. It's, it's, yeah. it's really, really rough, but I tell people all the time, you know, although it it hurt to get cut, I know that um, I did everything in my power to to present myself as one valuable, Mm -hmm. but two, uh, I never disrespected anybody. I never called anybody out of their name. You know, I didn't do anything like that. So I can say with full assurance that I left on a positive note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of them said the same thing, like, yeah, it sucks that you're not here, but, you know, it wasn't your performance. It wasn't your, you know, how you presented yourself or anything right. like you left on a good note. So, right. you know, I still keep in touch with people over there and I'm not necessarily trying to go back or I'm not necessarily looking for that, but mm-hmm. if it happens, it happens. And sure. if the opportunity presents itself, I think it would, you know, it would be worth the conversation just knowing that I didn't leave on negative terms, if that makes right. sense. Right. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. So that puts you in a position to try to figure out, to your point, what next? Mm-hmm. What do you do after you have worked at what many would call a dream job, right? Getting to WWE, you know, you obviously you're not thinking, okay, I'm going to be here a year and a half, two years tops. Like you're planning to be there for a while and you've got career goals, et cetera, et cetera. Now that's taken away in 2021. What, what's the mindset 
of, okay, what do I do now? And then what do you decide to pursue? Because most who've been in a wrestling space like WWE say, okay, let's find something still in the wrestling space, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, what have you. Um, but you opted to do something different. Talk about what you decided to do and how you arrived at that point. Yeah. So my first thing, you know, I'm like, all right, let's update the resume. Right. And I'm, I'm updating it and I'm like, dang, what if I, what if I wrap my resume? Like, what if I turn my resume into a music video? Wow. Uh, a music video is what got me in the door at WWE. Right. So I might as well make a music video to get me in the door wherever I'm going next. Right. Um, so I did that. And a big part of it was, yes, the creativity, but also, like I explained to you, you know, most people wouldn't know what I did at WWE. Um, right. That I did ring announcing, that I, you know, hosted and directed and edited and executive produced the show. Right. Um, that I had a theme song that, you know, all that type of stuff. So like mm -hmm. I put all of that into lyrics and it went out, it went crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of really, really, really cool conversations. Um, it went out, you know, AEW saw it, Impact saw it, mm -hmm. Fox Sports saw it, wow. ESPN saw it, wow. um, Disney Universal, like a lot of people saw it. Yeah. And, uh, it was so before I, I guess go on with that, there was also the spiritual side of it of like, well, I feel like God kind of pulled me out of wrestling. Mm. Am I doing something wrong by trying to get back into it? You know what I mean? Uh, so I had a lot of that wow. kind of going on here and here. Okay. So, you know, I'm wrestling with that, no pun intended, but still mm -hmm. trying to figure out what I'm doing next. And, you know, I'm closing on a, we're building a house. We're building a house. Right. Like at right. that point. So it's like, oh, this is rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So ultimately, you know, the, the short story is I, I now work full time for Disney mm -hmm. um, as a content creator, basically doing the same thing that I did at NXT, just not being in front of the camera. Right. Um, so there's a special moment. Um, at a park or, it, you know, as I'm working with this, this program called Disney programs, which is like mm -hmm. the young college age or recent graduates who are trying to make their way through Disney. Nice. Um, and telling their story and, you know, what's life like as an intern or as a, you know, a new full-time employee, right. what are some of the events that you, that you're a part of that you attend? What was it like to meet Mickey for the first time? Yeah. Um, which is very, very similar to creating content for the WWE Performance Center channels of, mm -hmm. you know, we're not interviewing uh, Bronson Reed, we're interviewing Jonah. We're talking right. to you. Right. Um, so uh, it's, I transferred right over. Wow. Um, now, in between that though, the first person, one of the first people who called me when I got let go was at that time, Alistair Black. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, because we were working on some stuff for, you know, his new character and right. Zelina was making her way back. Uh, right. So I was doing her documentary at the time. Wow. And uh, he really, really, really believed in the work that we were creating together, but also just what I was doing. So he's the person that got me in the door with, all Elite Wrestling. 
Wow. And uh, so I was there for his debut. We were already doing a documentary together. Okay. Okay. uh, Just about him and his work. And we're still working on that now. Wow. But uh, he invited me to be there to capture the the moment, the big moment when he went out. Yeah. Um, So through that, you know, meeting Tony. And that was crazy because he already knew who I was. And like, wow. Yeah, there was so much. And the opportunity was there. Um, Cody Rhodes, he saw me with a camera and he asked me, you know, like what I was doing and what I was working on. Mm-hmm. He took down my number and got me in contact with uh, Kevin Sullivan and some of the other video guys and just said, just test it out, see what you think, yeah. learn our style, can, you know, contribute in your own way. Wow. Um, so I did that. I, you know, did some packages for like, TV or uh, Road to, um, yeah. and just kind of like learning a lot from them. And of course, ultimately deciding and through conversations that that wasn't the direction that I wanted to go in. Okay. Um, I, I liked being able to come home each night. Sure. <laughs> like I get it. Disney. Um, and I knew, of course, that we were planning for, to, you know, to build our family. Right. So, um, you know, when AEW's in town or if there's a free weekend. Um, and I also, I have to give credit to Leo Rush too, because Leo was the person who, Leo and Mark Henry, who mm. went out of their way to try to um, make that happen as well. Wow. Um, so yeah, there were, a, there were a lot of really cool opportunities during that, that summer, last summer. Right. Um, before coming to, to Disney, uh, just really trying to see what I wanted to do. And mm. uh, yeah, man, I think, the short story is just I'm I'm thankful and blessed to to have options and um, just kind of expanding. We'll see what happens after this. Yeah, yeah, that I think it says a lot about you knowing who you are to be able to feel comfortable enough to say that's not the direction I want to go. Let me go, you know, and pursue what what seems to make sense when a lot of people would have said AEW. OK, sure. You know, regardless of, hey, I'm building a family. Hey, I'm building a house. Hey, I'm most people wouldn't have done that. So that says a lot about you, about how confident you are in in who you are and where you believe the next season of your life is going. So kudos to you, man. Um, with that said, though, wrestling won't stop calling you. <laughs> it won't stop calling you. And so now, instead of you physically being in front of the camera, your voice is being heard practically every week uh, in AEW or Impact by way of multiple theme songs. Talk about how that happened. Because I remember when I first heard your voice on Sean Spears' uh, theme song, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's wrestling flags that's josiah oh my gosh like it's it's a very distinct voice and so how in the world is it that now you're literally on theme songs for three major companies at least yeah so it was <laughs> okay so right before i went to nxt um you know i was doing my own work just for youtube but then i started right. kind of sourcing out uh, theme songs for independent wrestlers. Sure. Um, Ty Dillinger gets let go. Mm-hmm. And, or did he, I don't remember what the, what the situation was, but he's like, yeah, you know, I would love to do something. Yeah. And I make this theme song for him. 
and then I go to NXT. Mm-hmm. We are somewhere. I don't know where, but my phone starts blowing up. <laughs> Is Josiah now a part of aid? Did he go behind WWE's back? I'm like, oh man, this is not. Uh. So, <laughs> oh boy. So of course, you know, like I contact my, you know, manager, and I'm like, hey, uh, I have my dates and receipts and all this. Right. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. He's right. like, no, 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 we get it. You know, we yeah. just want to check. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it was, it was very weird that in the middle of the Wednesday night wars that you're hearing me on both things at one time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, right before I leave WWE, I do the theme song for Cameron Grimes. Absolutely. Um, so, like, it's it's everywhere. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Cameron Grimes, Serena Deeb, like mm-hmm. all these people, and then um, Taya Valkyrie mm-hmm. makes her way out, and she's like, you know, I, I need something, and um, I do the theme song for her. Now it's an impact. Right. Um, I just made a theme song. I don't know if I'm allowed to say who yet, but over in uh, uh, not New Japan Pro Wrestling, but Noah. Oh, wow. Pro Wrestling Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. So like triple uh, A in Mexico. Like, yes, like little pieces everywhere. Um, and that's that's that was the vision. Yeah. Of like, man, I I I want to be able to contribute now that I'm not in because of course if I'm in WWE, I can't do these things, right? Right. Um, right. But now that I have that that kind of flexibility, mm-hmm. why not try to do something different? And right. I tell people all the time, you know, Drew McIntyre is the perfect example of someone who never stopped. Yes. Um, yes. So I'm not even necessarily saying that I'm trying to, you know, end up in all elite or, you know, trying trying to go back to WWE, but I right. do know that I shouldn't stop. Right. Um, so wherever that leads me, wherever God wants me to go, I feel like I should just keep doing what I'm doing. And yeah. as I'm able to point to, like you said, these different promotions and companies that are showcasing the music and supporting it. Huge, of course, shout out to Mikey Ruckus, who yes. you know, we've got something going on. So like there's there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. And uh, yeah, it's it's surreal. It's, <laughs> it's very <laughs> surreal, man. It, it It's crazy how you can literally say, no, I don't think I'm supposed to be a part. And then your voice is <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I think that's awesome, though. I I think that is really, really awesome. And then AEW puts them, puts you on their new album, uh, that big compilation album. You've got like two or three songs on there, which I think is just madness and crazy. And and I love it. And so then we fast forward to this past April, where I end up meeting you at Battle Slam to find out that that was your first independent show. Yeah. So please <laughs> tell me what that experience was like for you. Um, obviously, you've been doing NXT, you've done a few AEW shows, but your first independent show, what was that like for you? It was great. Man. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people who I didn't recognize. And then there were a lot of folks who I knew just by social media, uh, sure. you know, interacting on Twitter and, you know, responding to fun stuff and all that. Yeah. Um, 
so finally putting faces to names or just meeting people that I hadn't met officially. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I get to I get to see the process in reverse. Mm. So like, you know, my first ever anything with wrestle with uh, WWE as an official employee was WrestleMania. Jeez. So for that to be my first thing and then, you know, to have my first independent show two months ago, you know, it's like you don't take anything for granted. Right. Um, I didn't come in like, well, I need six gummy worms on a platter and, you know, I expect my own room and my own like I'm not doing any of that. But like, right. It's it's cool, man. It's 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 really, really cool. And I think a big part of it, too, is the independent shows really feel like the the NXT road shows. Ah, yeah. Like the local ones where, mm-hmm. you know, the, the new talent comes in and we're building the ring and right. we're setting up the microphone. And right. Like, so it did still feel familiar. OK. Of like because that's what we would do on the local, you know, Largo shows and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It felt so good. Um, wow. And to be in front of a different audience and in and, and a new space and then just meeting other creatives, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh it's just it's it's invigorating. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was an amazing night. Uh Battle Slam was crazy. And having you there was just a huge, huge moment. And you've got another independent show coming up in, in July, right? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh AJ Francis, formerly mm-hmm. of Hit Row with the Hitmakers now. Um kind of the same thing of like, man, how can we do something different? How can we how can we collaborate and try to showcase who we are as hip hop artists mm-hmm. who love wrestling yeah um and are still grinding still trying to do something right so yeah AJ Francis and Tahuti with uh Brianna Brandy versus Chris Bay Sheesh. Leon Ruffin and managed by <laughs> Wrestling Flow how cool is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's exciting it's exciting um and a lot of a lot of the I was a big fan, still am a big fan, Stokely Hathaway. Yes. Um, so seeing what he's doing uh, mm-hmm. for our culture. Yeah. Of just being himself. Mm-hmm. But as a manager. Right. Um, I'm like, man, how can how can the idea of wrestling flow translate as a manager? Um, yeah. And it's not even necessarily something that I'm trying to do full time or anything like that, but try it. Yeah. You know? see what it's like and see what I can do. So, yeah, you're you're in one of the coolest positions ever. And that is the position where you're getting to do the things that you want to do because it's fun. Yeah. As opposed to doing what you have to do to survive. And Mm -hmm. that's that's man, that's admirable. That's admirable because most people can't say that. You know, most people are in a job doing what they have to do and they're trying to make it fun as opposed to hmm. All right. What would I like to do at this yeah. point? You know what I mean? That's that's amazing. And I think a big part of it too, you know, most people, and I'm and I want to say this, I want to be careful with how I say this. Like leaving your dream job, and especially not on your own terms, mm-hmm. there's a lot of emotion and frustration and you know anger, sadness that can go into that. Sure. But I think for me, in my case, like I didn't want to be I didn't want to be bitter about it. And yeah. I didn't want to to feel like 
man, skip WWE. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't right. want to do any of that. So, like, right. to be able to find my own happiness again is to just enjoy what I'm doing and yeah. and to be thankful. Like, because I could have been in a situation where Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and them never posted that video. Right. That's all, like, if I think about the, the alternate universe where they don't do that, mm-hmm. I'd still be in Peoria, Illinois as, wow. you know, a college basketball announcer. Like, right. And so everything, everything happens according to God's plan. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if, if I'm presented with these opportunities, you know, to see what I can do, pick and choose, of course. Um, but like, just to have fun with it, man, I've, yeah. I've done so much. I've, I've enjoyed it. And I told this to X, uh, I've told this to, um, yeah, to X-Pac. Mm-hmm. I was like, if, if that was the last time that I'll ever be full-time paid by a professional wrestling company, then that's it. Like, yeah. I don't want to, to hold on to that and to be angry that I never get that opportunity again, when mm. I should be viewing it as a blessing that I was able to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when you think about it from the, from the Christian lens, it's like, man, now, you know, I was able to do that. Yes. Cool. Right. Now I'm able to be in a position where I can bring in a daughter or a son and to be present fully mm-hmm. um, and to be able to point to it. Right. And say, Hey, before you were here. Right. Right. Daddy did this. Yes. You know I mean? yes. Like, um, and that's that's one thing that I really worried about with with WWE. You know, if I were and I had to talk to, about this with Alicia Taylor, like if I became a full time announcer, mm-hmm. I'm on the road four or five days a week. Right. So like I'm missing out on the the development and growth of my family. Sure. Um, sure. So. Like I said, who knows what will happen? This could be a whole different story two, three years from now. But true. What I know right now is that I'm I'm thankful for the experience yeah. and uh, I'm still able to contribute in little small ways that mm-hmm. I'm just having fun. I love that. I love that. And you're still releasing music left and right. Like, yes. it's crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, you've got a new single uh, called No Lie mm-hmm. uh, featuring Phil J. Talk about that single, man. Yeah, I wrote I started working on that song two years ago. Oh, wow. And I felt this kind of conviction of you know here's this guy who started out as a christian hip-hop artist Mm -hmm. and uh um didn't really keep up with that for two to three years Mm -hmm. while being a wwe superstar Mm -hmm. um so and i think a part of it too you know so much of that wwe life like i said when you're on the road that much or when you're committed to it in that way yeah like you have to be 120 percent in Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time I'm home, I don't want to think about doing extra work. Right. <laughs> like, sure. I don't sure. have the, the mental space and capacity and the emotion to do that. Yeah. Um, so I gave them all of, I put all of my chips in on, on WWE and yes, I'm writing Christian music, but I'm not recording it and I'm not mm-hmm. giving it the attention that it deserves. Yeah. Um, so being out of that full time and i'm like all right now i have time to actually like pursue this thing that i claim to be mm. um 
if you go to, you know, JD Williams on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, it says Christian hip hop artists. And for many people, it's like, well, yes, you are a Christian mm-hmm. and you are a hip hop artist. Mm-hmm. But do I really feel like my work is reflecting that title put together? Right. Wow. Um, so that was a big thing for me of like, you know what, I have to and I want to finally. I'm, I actually genuinely desire and want to um, put out this work that I've been sitting on for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and and com- and recommit, you know, what I've been doing with that. And with the baby on the way. Yeah. It's like, I better get this done now. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> as soon as I turn on the microphone and I'm like, enough is that. Like he starts crying, you know what I mean? Like, and listen, so. <laughs> listen. Well, you you saw it. he came in right. He li- literally, I was doing a, a show with some guys from the UK a couple of weeks ago, and live show broadcasting around the world, and he just pops in, and he's just like, "Can I say hi on the microphone?" Like, okay, and and yeah, he's three, so right. it is it is. You've got a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but to your point, though, those are special moments and they are moments that you can't get back. So, you know, getting the opportunity to enjoy those moments are extremely valuable. And yeah. uh, and, and I applaud you, by the way. Congratulations again. The baby is on the way coming very, very soon. Is that right? Yeah. September is the due date. September Oof. 8th. Oof. Yes, our prayers are with you, sir. <laughs> Stock up on your sleep as much as possible. <laughs> man, I'm trying. I'm trying. No, man, it's it's an awesome, awesome experience, man. Well, let people know kind of what to expect in these coming months, because I know, you know, all kinds of things are happening for you. Man, well, first of all, I got to thank you for even allowing me to be here and to, to share the story and for it to finally happen. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can, you can find me on Spotify and I, Apple music title, whatever you listen to music on, yeah. uh, Christian music is Josiah Williams. Wrestling music is wrestle and flow. Um, you can follow me on social media at J Dean Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah, man. It's, it's exciting times and he's a great follow puts great content out. Um, and it's it's amazing. I have enjoyed watching this journey for you. And uh, I'll tell you, like like I said at the start, this is something that's been years in the making um, because watching you has been inspirational because when we see people who manage to kind of check off certain boxes, you know, they are uh, extremely talented. They love hip hop. They love Jesus. They love wrestling and can do all of that unapologetically. That's like, okay, (laughs) we are absolutely getting behind you. And so it has been an honor to support you these years. And to finally be able to do this is like a big win. So thank you, man. And uh, we're excited for the future for you, bud. Man, thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure you're following him at J. Dean Williams on all of the socials. And again, he's got a ton of music. I mean, a ton. So all your cool wrestling themes you'll find under wrestling flow. Uh, you can find his Christian content under Josiah Williams and it's all 
amazing. Trust me, it's it's amazing stuff. So, guys, until next time, uh, this is Gerard Bonner representing the faction. Have an absolutely amazing day. I lead my people here